President Biden uses his first veto of his presidency. We'll tell you why it affects your pension fund and the woke social justice ESG push. The World Athletics Council has banned transgender athletes from women's sports for now. The White House is disbanding its COVID response team in about a month or two. And Greta Thunberg receives an honorary doctorate. We'll tell you from where and in what field of study today on the fastest-growing, strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina. Welcome into the Palmetto Family Matters show. Justin Hall here with you on a beautiful Friday in the Palmetto State. Thank you for joining us here on the fastest growing, strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina. Give you a quick time stamp at the time of this recording. It is 10.06 a.m. on Friday, March the 24th, year of our Lord, 2023. We're glad you're wrapping up the week with us today here on the program. As we mentioned off the top, a lot to get to, so let's jump right in. We start with the Biden administration. Shockingly enough, we start with President Biden's first veto. Hard to believe it's taken this long to get a veto from the office of Joseph R. Biden, but we get it because there is a Republican House now, and it is more likely that we see some legislation that he's not a fan of somehow make its way to the Resolute desk. This one involves pension funds, and we go to World News Group that has the article on this. Uh, The writer mentions this, Jerry Boyer. This week, President Biden issued his first veto and accompanied it with predictable denunciations of Republicans who backed the measure. He vetoed a congressional action on ESG and pension asset management. Now, this is going to require a little bit of historical context for you, so let's walk through this. Pensions, pension administrators have one job, and that is to look out for the financial benefit of the worker in the plan, right? The, the job, and, and this goes into the banking industry and investments in general, your money is not just put into a safe deposit box and pulled out for you in several years. Your pension fund is used to invest in other means that could then make more money on the pension. There was a law passed in 1970, a law called ERISA. It was to ensure that There would be little to no extraneous factors when investing pension, things like social justice or political causes. Of course, that has since gone away. We're down the woke ESG train as it is. We have pension uh, management favoring inner city infrastructure, Second Amendment critics pushing back against gun manufacturers. More recently, you've got the the green energy push to pull money out of gas and oil and put it into more green forms of energy. What in 2020, then Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia, obviously the name sounds familiar, he's the son of Antonin Scalia, who uh, before his death was sitting on the Supreme Court. So in 2020, Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia, under the Trump administration, wanted to counter this move into politicizing investing. And, and reinforce what the ERISA law meant, which, again, was to put retirees' financial benefits as the sole purpose of pension management. The sole purpose of pension management is to make sure that your money is protected and that your money accrues in value. Now, what's happened is Congress wanted to solidify this into a law. Uh, they voted to overturn 
President Biden's assist to the ESG industry. And this week, President Biden vetoed that bill. So what does the president's veto show? The president's veto shows, as we've talked about on the show on multiple occasions, that the woke ESG, and if you don't, aren't sure what ESG is, Environmental and Social Justice Governance Scores, the woke ESG push is central, central to the Biden administration's fiscal and economic policies. It's central to their energy policy. It's central to their foreign policy, according to a White House briefing earlier this week, where the LGBTQ plus agenda, as we were told, is critical to international diplomacy and foreign policy. So the Biden administration is continuing to go full-fledged in here. Um, Joe Biden's constituents live in New York. They work for BlackRock. They work for Vanguard. So he does them a favor by greenlighting these investments, which have been proven to lose money. Lose money. Now, if you're investing your pension, you would want it to, at the minimum, stabilize. Obviously, the goal would be to gain money and to earn money on your investments by investing them in wise decisions. And again, the reinforcement of the ERISA law in 2020 did not outlaw ESG investment. What it said was, if you're going to invest in ESGs with people's pension funds, it has to be a a certifiable way to gain money. It cannot lose money on the pension. If it does, you as the investor are held responsible. But the president this week used his first veto of his presidency here in 2023 to attack freedom-loving Americans, to attack financial stability, and instead offer full faith and credit support to the woke environmental and social justice governance, social justice conglomerations to waste your money. Keeping no way for folks to keep an honest tab on their money. And it's going to go to things that you don't support. That's the thing. It's going to go to things that you don't believe in. It's, it's going to go to things that, that, to people that hate you for all intents and purposes. Something to monitor is the president and this White House and this administration continue to push on this ESG train. Speaking of pushing on things, the Biden administration is doing something else that I think we can all enjoy. The White House, this according to Daily Wire, the White House COVID response team will disband in May. It's about time. The White House will reportedly disband its COVID response team when the public health emergency ends in May. They had set the COVID emergency response to end on April the 11th. They have expanded it to May the 11th. A senior administration official said as a result of this administration's historic response to COVID-19, we as a nation are in a safer, better place than we were three years ago. COVID no longer disrupts our lives because of investments and our efforts to mitigate its worst impacts. COVID is not over. Fighting it remains an administration priority. And transitioning out of the emergency phase is the natural re- evolution of the COVID response. So they're hedging. The Biden administration says we're, we're disbanding the COVID response team. We're not going to have it anymore. But 
still a major problem, still an administration priority, just not an emergency. I'll believe it when I see it. We have given, and understand, we've been operating under emergency powers with COVID since 2020. Year three. We just celebrated the three-year anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread. I will believe that the federal government will remove power from itself when I see it. I mean, COVID, COVID-19, the coronavirus, hasn't been a pandemic for the better part of two years. It's been an illness. It has certainly claimed the lives of family members of mine, and I understand that. But for a wide-ranging number of people, once the vaccines came out, whether you agree with them or not, that certainly turned the corner and showed that, that this was not something that needed to take up too much of our time and certainly not something that needed to disrupt our lives or our businesses, or our churches, or our families, or our employment. But the White House says, don't worry, we're, we're disbanding the COVID response team. But not right now. We're going to wait until May 11th, a month after April 11th, when we officially declare it not an emergency anymore. Again, I look forward to actually seeing this happen because I have my doubts about whether the federal government is actually willing to relinquish some level of power. And speaking of power, as we go fast, lightning round edition on a Friday here. Thank you so much, by the way, for watching and listening to our show. The Palmetto Family Matters show is the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina. I won't say the only one, but the one that's giving you news and updates that you need to know about every day, Monday through Friday at 1, 1 p.m., just off your lunch break. You get done with your lunch, tune us in, and get your News from a conservative and Christian worldview, because that's the most important worldview you can have, right? And so I encourage you to share this video, like this video, give us that five-star rating and review on your Apple podcast or on your Spotify. Let others know that you're listening to us and you're watching us and get them to do the same. That way we can all be well-informed. Final two stories of this Week first, this also from World News Group, Josh Shoemaker reporting here, World Athletics Council has banned men from women's sports. On Thursday, the World Athletics Council said it would not allow men identifying as women who have gone through puberty as a male to compete in women's sports. The new regulations will take effect at the end of the month, so at the end of March. The council also said it would set up a year-long working group to consider how to integrate so-called transgender athletes into sports and athletics. It appears that the World Athletics Council is hedging on possibly creating a third grouping for transgender athletes. The World Athletics Council says it's it's had 10 years of research and evidence that indicates male athletes who identify as female, have an unfair advantage in the categories of women's sports. It took you 10 years? It took you 10 years to come to that conclusion. Really? Are you sure? President Sebastian Coe said, quote, we must maintain fairness for female athletes above all other considerations. So when it comes to sport, we need to make sure it's fair for women above everything else. When we're talking about women's sports, it needs to be fair for women. And I would and I would bargain and I would hazard a guess that having biological males competing with females is not fair for women. The Track and Field Athletics Governing Body, which is the World Athletics Council, was formed in 1912 
and is based in Monaco. So the World Athletics Council is banning transgender athletes from competing in women's sports. We will see if that one, if it holds, if they hold to this decision. Number two, we'll see does the Olympics follow suit? And number three, do they end up creating a separate category for transgender athletes to compete in their own segment of athletics and of sport? We'll see if that happens. True equality, true equity is really what these folks are longing for. Anyway, true equity might just be having them in a separate sporting event. Finally, last thing today, we'll wrap with this on this rapid-fire edition of the show, and I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. This from Fox News. Greta Thunberg is set to receive a doctorate from Finnish University. Climate activist Greta Thunberg is to be awarded an honorary doctorate from the University of Helsinki in late spring. The 20-year-old Swedish climate activist was named Monday among 30 other individuals to receive the title of Dr. Honoris Causa. It's the university's highest recognition. Um, the ceremony is a part of Finland's centuries-old Conferment of Jubilee, in which individuals are recognized for their professional and artistic achievements. Thunberg, of course, is a world-recognized climate protester from Sweden. She has been awarded an honorary doctorate before at the Belgian University of Mons in 2019. She was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And as a teen, of course, if you remember, she famously scolded some folks at the UN saying that the world it was in the beginning of a mass extinction and leaders were simply focused on why things, how much things would cost. To which she said, how dare you? How dare you? You've stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. How dare you? Now, what honorary doctorate is Miss Greta Thunberg receiving? You would think, okay, climate, um, biology? Nope. Pathology? Nope. Astrology? Nope. Nope. Greta Thunberg is receiving is receiving an honorary doctorate from the University of Helsinki that is an honorary theology doctorate. Now again, she didn't earn this degree, right? She didn't earn it. Uh, the only thing that Greta Thunberg does is she travels to Davos and she yells at rich people and makes them feel bad about themselves for a little bit, and then they go home, and if they're crying, they take their $1,000 bills, and they wipe their tears. And then she, you know, plans a fake arrest and, and does her best AOC impersonation by pretending to be handcuffed and all these other things. But she's receiving a, a, a doc, an honorary doctorate in theology, which says more than we could ever fathom about the climate push. And again, this is what we've been saying for, for a long time here on this show. Everything is based in theology. I, ha I had a good discussion on Twitter with some folks who disagree with me about abortion. The whole point is every part of government, every part of life, goes back to religion. You say, I, I'm an atheist. I don't care. Okay, do you have morals? Well, yeah. Do you believe it's okay to kill someone, like go stab them in the head? Well, no, of course not. Well, how do you know? Who, what informs what informs your morality that you believe it's bad to to kill somebody or to drive drunk or to you know 
uh, fool around with a bunch of different people who are not, uh, you know, who you aren't married to. Uh, what informs your decision? Well, it's my morality. Okay, well, what informs your morals? Religion. Theology informs your morals. And at the end of the day, is this is the new cultural religion. It's, it's, it's environmental justice and climate change, and it's the new sexual revolution. And it's all these things, and it's hodgepodged into one. Abortion is the sacrament. Right, and you have to please the earth god, right, and 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 the green goddess. Greta Thunberg is receiving an honorary doctorate in theology, which I believe seals the deal that the climate change activism in this country and across the world is rooted in religion. It is the religion of the woke left. And they are using their woke religion to inform legislation and to inform spending, and to inform policy. But when Christians want to use our religion to inform policy, we're told separation of church and state. I believe this seals the deal that religion comes in all shapes and sizes, and we are seeing the woke climate sexual revolution religion being lauded and being celebrated so much so now that this this young lady who does nothing more than yell at a bunch of people is receiving a theology doctorate from the University of Helsinki's theology department. I mean, we're just saying the quiet part out loud now, a lot. Whether it's in this country or whether it's around the world. And they don't care. They don't care anymore. So those are just four her. There's just four stories we end the week with. There are plenty more we could have gotten to, but we're out of time. And so it goes here on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. We appreciate you tuning in and watching and listening to the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina. If you could, again, just make sure to go to our website, palmettofamily.org. You can be a part of our email newsletter. You can download our app as well. Make sure you do that so you stay up to date on everything going on. A busy week next week here at Palmetto Family. Make sure to join us on Tuesday morning at 8.30, just outside of the Gresset Senate Office Building. We'll be holding a rally in support of protecting our children as as a Senate Medical Affairs Committee gets ready to hear testimony on Senate Bill 627, which seeks to ban the use of gender transition therapy and surgeries on minors under the age of 18. So we'll be there at 8.30. We encourage you to join us there. Then also, be on the lookout that same day. Sorry, that is Wednesday. That is Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. Wednesday at 11, we'll be joining Attorney General Alan Wilson along with some of our other allies at a press conference as we talk about the need for comprehensive judicial reform in the state of South Carolina. There will be more to come on that next week. And then on Tuesday, on Tuesday at 2.30, we'll be testifying before the House Judiciary Committee when it comes to reforming the adoption processes in South Carolina. So there's plenty going on next week, plenty to get involved in. If you want to be a part of it and you want to get our email newsletter, palmettofamily.org is where you can do that. Again, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends and family on Facebook, YouTube, on all social medias, as well as on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate your support as we begin this new journey of a daily show, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. every day, your one-stop shop for a shaping of the Palmetto State from a biblical world 
view. For Kevin Cayello, for Mitch Prosser, for our board and our entire team here at Palmetto Family, this is Justin Hall. Thank you for watching. Choose to make it a great weekend, and we'll see you again on Monday. 